0: Yes, yes. Omega Y's in the house. Now, now, now let me set the table. Now, now, now let me set the table. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you can make it. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you make it. Hey, what's up, Table family and YouTube friends? Uh, My name is Isaac, and I'm one of the pastors here at the table. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 1. But as Doug just mentioned, we are just kicking off a new series around the characteristics of God. And as I was thinking about this, I realized um, something that I've struggled with for um, a lot of my life is this feeling of insecurity. And I know for me, um, I know for all of us, our insecurity looks may look a little different, but for me, uh, what my insecurity looks like is it really comes up um, in meeting strangers. I know for, if you know me in person, I, I can appear very outgoing, but at times I still feel very insecure around meeting strangers. Um, also, um, I feel insecure around speaking in front of people. So as you can imagine, for a lot of my life, some of my biggest insecurities have been uh, speaking in front of strangers, uh, which is basically what I do with regularity now, but uh, for a lot of my life, I felt very insecure around that. Um, and whenever that happens, whenever I'm with strangers, or whenever I'm um, speaking in front of people, um, at times I just feel so uncomfortable. And maybe that's how you feel um, in your insecurities. We just feel so uncomfortable. So if you've ever felt insecure, if you've ever felt uncomfortable, um, there's one thing that I want us to grasp that's really going to help us. But if we don't grasp this one thing, uh, then we're going to be powerless, powerless over insecurities. So what is the one thing? Well, it goes back to one of the characteristics of God, and it is the greatness of God. So if you have your Bibles in Genesis chapter one, uh, we're going to read, and it's really going to set up God's greatness. So Genesis one, So it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So as we see in the first 10 words in your English Bible, uh, the first 10 words in your Spanish Bible, uh, the first nine words in your Portuguese Bible, or however many words in whatever language you may be reading in, um, we see that it sets up God as great because God is the creator, right? And as we think through greatness, um, I think one of the ways that we can think through greatness um, this is a word that we use a lot to describe people, right? So I'm a big basketball fan. Uh, so Michael Jordan is, some would say, is the greatest basketball player of all time. Um, some might say, no, 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 no. it's LeBron James. LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time. But for me, I'm a Houston Rockets fan, so I say James Harden is the best scorer of all time. Uh, but maybe sports isn't your thing. Maybe, um, it's, maybe you're a big Disney fan or you're just a fan of business and you think, man, Bob Iger. Bob Iger is a really great CEO. You know, he bought Marvel, he bought Star Wars, he revitalized uh, the parks and resorts. Uh, Bob Iger, man, he's a really great CEO. Or for music fans, some of you say, no, 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 it's Queen Bee. Queen Bee is the greatest artist of all time, right? So we think through these people as being really great. And whenever, if we were going to be in their presence, we're like, wow they are really, really skilled at what they do. They're very great. But as we think through God, um, God is categorically different than any person that we may call great. God is just so much more infinitely better, right? Michael Jordan still lost some games and then he ended up retiring, right? Bob Iger is about to retire. uh, And even uh, Beyonce, she hasn't come out with an album in four years, right? So, Uh, Even people have a limitation on how great they are, but God, God has no limitations on his greatness. So here's how I want to think through God's greatness in kind of two ways. Uh, One is I want to think through God as the creator. God is the creator, right? So God created space, right? God created the heavens and the earth and God created matter that fills that space, right? And God created time. So I want you to think about this. God created the place where you were born. Right? And God created the place where you're going to go when you die. And God created all the time in between right? God created where you were born. God created where you're going to go when you die. And God created all the time in between, right? God is the creator. And because God is the creator, God is completely independent of his creation, right? So God is not part of creation. God is independent of creation. And because God created creation and because he's independent of creation, God has complete rule and reign and authority over all of creation, right? God has authority over all creation. Because think about this. If you were an artist and you created a song, created a painting, um, just created something you have rule and authority over how that thing gets used, right? If you're a a product engineer, designer, right? And you were the people that created the iPhone, uh, they get to decide how we use the iPhone. So God is so great that God as the creator, God has authority over how creation gets used, right? So, So think about this. So if God is great and in God's greatness, he created everything, and he has rule over everything, and God is the most powerful being. Here's this too. God is for us. God is the most powerful being um, in the universe, and God is for us. So if we know that, if we know that God is great, then we know that in God's greatness, we have security right? God is great and God is the most powerful being in the universe and God is for you. So in that, we have security in his greatness. So why did I say all that? Why is this important? Because oftentimes we think that our security is in our comfort zone, right? We think, here's a pillow, we think that our security is in our comfort zone. So what is our comfort zone? Our comfort zone is things that we can control, our comfort zone is things that we know. Our comfort zone is things that uh, we, we can control, that we know our previous accomplishments, things that are familiar to us. Um, and maybe we know that our comfort zone maybe not, is not always the best, but it's so familiar that we may say things like, ah, it's not that bad. My comfort zone is not that bad. Or we may say things like, well, that's just how I am, right? We love, we love, we love our comfort zone. And in our comfort zone is where we think we find security. But as we know, I mean, a lot of, we're all adults here, and a lot of us know that life is not always comfortable. And sometimes things are out of our control. Um, Sometimes things are unfamiliar. Uh, Sometimes things are unknown. And when things are out of control, when things are unfamiliar, when things are unknown, uh, that's what we can call our discomfort zone. Right? And in in our discomfort zone, maybe that's where we put uh, conflict, right? Some of us look at conflict and we think of conflict as being very uncomfortable. That conflict is very much in our discomfort zone. Uh, Maybe for some of us, it's it's emotions, right? We don't want to process emotions and emotions for us is in our discomfort zone. Um, Or maybe for some of us, it's appearing weak. We don't want to appear weak. And any sort or any thought or any sentiment of appearing weak is in our discomfort zone. Um, for some of us we feel so much social anxiety Uh, for some of us we assume that people don't want to talk to us so even the thought of approaching people the thought of talking the thought of being the first one to talk right brings us so much discomfort right because that's in our discomfort zone so most of the time we don't feel insecure in our comfort zone we feel so much insecurity in our discomfort zone right and we only think that we're secure when we're in our comfort zone. So we will avoid any discomfort because we think that the discomfort is what's causing us insecurity. But here's what we know, here's the truth, is that if God is great, if God has created everything, if he has authority over everything, then in God, we have great security. So, a couple summers when I was in college, um, I worked as a videographer at a summer camp. And at this summer camp, as a videographer, one of my favorite things to do uh, was to go to the zip lining tower. And I don't know if you've ever been zip lining, um, but what happens in zip lining is you go and you put on a harness. Um, And then from that after having the harness on then you climb up this really tall tower and then at the top of this really tall tower There's a cable that goes from the tower off into the distance So zipliners typically climb up the tower uh, and then jump (laughs) jump off the tower um, On the cable and just zipline down, right? And some of the campers did this so well and some of the campers were terrified but there was a difference between the campers that were terrified and the ones that had no problem ziplining. Um, so the campers that were terrified, uh, they put their security in the tower. They did not want to leave the tower. The tower was their comfort zone, right? So then they would kind of go to the edge of the tower. They would look off, off the tower where the cable was going, right? And they would freak out and they would scream and they were like, I'm not doing that. And they would would stay there for so long and just hold up the line. But the campers that had the most fun, the campers that had the best experience, didn't put their security in the tower, nor did they put their security in the cable. They put their security in the carabiner. So the carabiner hooks your harness to the tower, to the cable. For the the camper that had a lot of fun zip lining, um, it, it neither mattered if they were on the tower in their comfort zone. It didn't matter if they were on the cable in their discomfort zone. They knew that they were secure wherever the carabiner was going. They were good. So in this illustration, right, God is the carabiner. God is the security and we can go in our comfort zone or we can go in our discomfort zone. It doesn't matter. We know that God is with us. God is for us and God is great. So we know that in God's greatness is where we have security. But God actually does something really interesting with his authority over creation. So let's read in Genesis uh, chapter one, it continues. So God creates the whole earth and then God created humans And then we read in Genesis chapter one, verse 28, where it says, and God blessed them. This is the humans, male and female that he just created. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth, right? God gives his authority over creation to us. So how can we have security in our discomfort zone? The same way that God has authority over creation, he speaks, right? And we see that one of the ways that God demonstrates his greatness is that he speaks, right? We see, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. God spoke and creation existed. So for us, for you, to have authority over creation, right, in our comfort zone, and especially in our discomfort zone, here's what we need to do. Speak up in order for us to have the same authority over creation uh, that God does in order to rule over creation um, on his behalf and find security in that, we need to speak up. So here are three ways um, that you can speak up with security in your discomfort zone. Number one, at work, take initiative take initiative. Look, God is great and God has given you security, right? So you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to be passive at work. You don't have to just let somebody else work on the project, right? You don't have to just kind of like show up, clock in, not really enjoy it. At work, you can take so much initiative. Whenever there's a problem, you can solve it, right? You can be, um, you can be someone that takes action at work. You can take initiative at work. You can speak up. You can raise your hand um, to solve things, to, to work on projects, um, to, just to accomplish things there in your work. At work, take initiative. Speak up. Number two, in your groups, encourage and offer feedback. Now, I know for some of you, you're you're in a life group, right? Uh, for some of us, maybe we're in a group at work on our team. Uh, maybe for some of us, we're in some other organization. For some of us, maybe it's a group of friends. Maybe it's a group of family members. Whatever group that we're in, we can encourage and offer feedback. What do I mean by that? I mean by encourage, um, think about how you can build somebody up think of something proactive that you can say to somebody to to help them uh, realize that they're doing a good job, right? Maybe it's a coworker. They're doing a really good job. Tell them, tell them they're doing a really good job. Maybe for some of you, you're in a life group and you see your life group leader and every week your life group leader is there and every week your life group leader is trying to facilitate conversation and every week your life group leader is checking in on you. Encourage them, right? They're, they're, they're putting in really good work. Encourage them. Tell them what they're doing well. Say thank you, right? Encourage them. Tell them that they're doing a good job, right? But also, where there's opportunities for improvement, right? Whether it be at work, at church, wherever you are, offer feedback. Offer feedback. Say, hey, can I help you with something? And then you, you tell them a, a way that they can improve. Offer feedback, right? It's hard for people that are leading. Uh, some, some, for those of us that are leading, sometimes we have no idea how it's being received and we don't know if we're being helpful. Um, some leaders just want to be helpful because they care about you. So the best thing that you can do uh, when you're part of a group is to offer feedback. Encourage them and then tell them things that could improve and get better. Both things are really helpful. But I will say this. I would encourage three to four times more than you offer feedback, (laughs) right? Just encourage, encourage, encourage somebody. And then once trust is built and they know that, um, you actually like them, um, then you, you have permission to speak into their life by offering feedback, right? So uh, in groups, encourage and offer feedback, speak up. And number three, number three, in your one-on-one relationships, set boundaries, speak up, to set boundaries in your one-on-one relationships. What do I mean by boundaries? I mean that you have complete control and ownership over your thoughts, over your feelings, over your choices, over your dreams, your desires, right? your feelings, and someone else may try to come in and take that ownership from you. So an example would be, let's say that um, you know, a friend did something that made you feel sad. And then you tell them, Hey, I feel sad. That made me feel sad. And they say, Oh, you shouldn't feel that way. You shouldn't feel sad. What that person has done is they've come in and they've tried to take ownership over your feelings, right? That's not okay. So set a boundary with them. Don't let that person uh, dictate to you how you should feel. You have complete ownership over your feelings, right? Maybe for some, maybe a family member is tries to control uh, your actions. Right. And they try to control your choices and try to control your decisions. And you don't feel the freedom to make decisions. Right. Set a boundary. Say, Hey, I'm an independent person with independent thoughts and independent feelings and independent emotions. Right. You can set a boundary by taking ownership back of things that are yours. Right. So this is with boundaries. This is a whole big subject. I would highly recommend a book by Henry Cloud and John Townsend called boundaries. But in boundaries, Um, In your one-on-one relationships, speak up, speak up. So we'll close with the story. Uh, When I was in eighth grade, it was my first time ever uh, speaking in front of an audience. So I was back in Texas and this is at my church's youth group um, on a Sunday morning and there was about 40 people. And as an eighth grader, um, I was tasked with bringing the the kind of the, the word, the teaching that morning. Um, So my subject was David and Goliath. So I remember I was up late the night before on Saturday night, trying to prep and do the best that I could, and find out you know we can you know conquer Goliaths, and you know we can use the sword, which is the Bible that God gives us to 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 help fight battles that we have. And as an eighth grader, I did, did the best that I could, and I remember I was there and I was front of in front of everybody, and I was in the moment I was terrified. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, just eyes just peering at you, waiting for you to say something. And I I remember speaking for maybe in three minutes, four minutes around like, hey, you know, we can use the Bible as our sword to help fight the battles that we have. I think that was kind of the the gist of the message. And, And then I was done. It was like the shortest message ever. And then the youth pastor came up and kind of did like the worst thing that can happen. He was, did such a good job like handling that situation. But as a speaker did the worst thing <laughs> possible, which is say exactly what the speaker just said, but say it so much better in such a much, in such a much better way. And I was sitting there like taking notes, like on what he was saying <laughs> on this message that, that I had, 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 prepped. But I remember in the moment, just feeling so uncomfortable and just feeling so uh, insecure. And then from that, thinking, oh man, like I don't know if I'm ever gonna be able to get up in front of people. That was so terrible. I had such a terrible experience. I don't know if I could ever get up in front of people again to speak. Man, um, you know what? I got, I got asked again to speak, and it was marginally better, but not by much, and still felt very uncomfortable. Um, and then for for the next few years, just maybe about you know, once a year in different settings that I was in, got asked to speak. and it was not very good at all, and I was so uncomfortable, um, but was gaining just a little more, security, um, knowing that people don't hate me, even if I do a really bad job speaking. Um, so, so now, even though speaking is something that I'm definitely still developing and something that I'm still working on, um, and even though at times, again, with new audiences, um, sometimes I just feel very uncomfortable. But the thing that I need to remind myself of, regardless of how uncomfortable I feel, is that because of the greatness of God, I have security in Him. And if God has asked somebody else to ask me to speak, it doesn't matter how I feel, it doesn't matter how uncomfortable I am, I just do it. Um, Because I know that I have security in Jesus, and regardless of how I do and regardless of my performance, um, I know that I just want to do what God has asked me to do, regardless of how uncomfortable I am. So I hope that for you, I hope that no matter what the setting is, is that you know that even in your comfort zone or especially in your discomfort zone, you can speak up knowing that God is great and God has given you authority to rule over creation on his behalf and his greatness. And as you're ruling over creation and opportunities when you feel uncomfortable in your discomfort zone, you can speak up. Let me pray for us. Father, Father, Um, I pray that you send your Holy Spirit to help us. You send your Holy Spirit to help us speak up. God, I pray that we can find our security in you and we can find our security in your son, Jesus. And uh, God, your son, Jesus, dying on the cross for our sins on our behalf. And we know that because Jesus rose from the grave, we can have security sealed by the Holy Spirit in you. In Jesus' name, amen.